Hey guys, so today I'm speaking with Shay, who is one of the Bucket List Bombshells, which is an online academy supporting millennial women who are looking to go remote and set up their own online business. Shay, welcome to the No Bullshit Anxiety Talk Show. Thank you, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you because um, for those listening, we just had dinner the other day and randomly got talking about social media and entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and life and stress and anxiety and all that kind of shit. And we just decided let's do an episode of the podcast and kind of try and bring that conversation to you. So uh, I guess probably the best way to kick things off is if you just give us a little bit of a background to to the work you do and how you kind of spend your day as a as a bucket list bombshell. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, so Bucket List Bombshells, which is our online course academy, was developed about three years ago. So prior to that, I was running my own website design and project management company. And uh, my business partner was a graphic designer. And so we had these skills and we were traveling the world and we were meeting lots of other um, males in the digital nomad space or in the online entrepreneur space. Um, but we weren't really meeting that many females. <laughs> and we were like, we really wanted to have more like girlfriends when we were traveling or um, just seeing more females represented in like online entrepreneurship. And we kept getting questions from these women that we were meeting or close friends of ours, you know, how do you do this? How do you uh, become an online entrepreneur? How do you continue to continue to make money to be able to travel the world and from there we'd always just essentially be sitting down having coffee with them telling them how we did it showing them how we did it and we at some point decided why not you know share this with the masses and actually create it in an online format that's easier to consume than us trying to sit across the table from every single girl um, in the world that wants to become a bucket list bombshell. So essentially we created the uh, online course academy, so it's three courses to teach the skills. So the skills that we had as project managers, social media managers, website designers. And then our third course is actually the online business skills course. So it's how to take um, the skills that you have and turn them into packages and services, find inline clients online, um, work completely remotely from wherever you want or do it from your home in your hometown if you also wanna live there. So it's more about being location independent versus like the the focus strictly on like having to travel. It's about becoming an online entrepreneur and having the freedom to travel the world. Um, so we started doing that in the online course space and um, has niched and focused in on building a really strong community of women around the world. So we're now 70,000 strong and counting. Um, and I can't Holy wait shit. for the next year for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And one of the one of the things I've always admired about your brand and is the fact that like the programs you're selling are teaching real tangible skills that are required that the market demands and is mm-hmm. looking for. It's not about just do what I do uh, and, and make what I make. It's mm-hmm. about like you're actually selling programs that people need. So it's not like about this replicate business model where you just do what I do and sell the same kind of shit and make money online. So a credit to you on that one. Thank you. Yeah. So 
going back to the early days, you you yeah. had like this is the no bullshit anxiety talk show, so we are going yeah. to talk about anxiety. So you had a yeah. little bit of anxiety that you had to de- deal with in your life. Yeah, I still feel like it's a part of my life as well, but it's now much more. I would say it doesn't control me or run my life, but for me, I feel like the anxiety comes from like fear of the future. So my personality type and whatever my DNA is that makes up anxiety or wherever it comes from, um, I feel like it's fear of the unknown or fear of the future. So I really like always having my ducks in a row. I like things that are on course and planned and not messy, but being an entrepreneur has completely thrown me sideways. Um, When I was working in the corporate world, I didn't have, uh, I had anxiety like in school and like just like stressors and making sure I get good grades because I wanted to get like that nine to five job. But when I was in an actual nine to five job, it was it was not, not anxiety inducing, but it on the opposite side of that, it was so boring. I was so bored. I had no drive. I didn't want to build someone else's dream. I was, I got so good at, like they had nothing harder for me to do. I was never challenged. So I feel like some of my anxiety actually like fuels me, but it does um, also hold me back at times. And I've been able to recognize that and work through that. So as in entrepreneurship, I feel like, it can be messy and changing and this is really exciting and like new things come up and you want to implement new things and it's you know you get to dream big and there's no ceiling and and you can do whatever you want but with that comes sort of this unknown or uncertainty that creeps up and I can tell it actually came up today because I have a lot on my plate and I'm the type of person that I want to be able to do probably like more than I should actually be doing. So balance for me is a little bit difficult. And so when it comes to anxiety, I feel like when I'm out of balance and I'm really just like trying to do way too much, I get anxious because I'm not able to please everybody in my life. Um, so that's sort of where that comes into play in inside of business. Yeah, cool. Uh, like, you know, uncertainty is a thing that every anxious person deals with. I mean, even non-anxious people have a hard time with uncertainty. And the reality Mm -hmm. is life is uncertain. But it's it's interesting because running your own business is uncertain, right? It it can be Mm -hmm. it can be horrifically anxiety inducing at times. And there is a lot of people that say that, you know, the only sensible thing to do in life is run your own business, which I would argue (laughs) strongly against. just because it, do, it doesn't make sense. People have different strengths and different skills and mm-hmm. you know, a leadership role or taking on an mm-hmm. entire business is, is, is a whole different skills set mm-hmm. and yeah. that just might not suit a lot of people. So how do you deal with the uncertainty in business and kind of the anxiety that brings up, that brings up for you? Yeah, so for me, I've done a lot of self-growth in the mindset area. So for me, meditation isn't a huge one. I know that a lot of people um, in the anxiety who talk about anxiety or have anxiety, uh, meditation is usually the first thing people recommend to me, but it's not my go-to. Like I do it um, occasionally, and 
I think that's really great, but it's actually not my go-to. My go-to is I need um, space to be by myself because I get really anxious when I feel that um, I'm being pulled in multiple directions by different people and my closest friends and my closest and my team members, they know this. So I just, I request like my time and my space to be protected and I go like on my own and mostly I journal through like I, um, journal through basically like what is making me anxious like why like why am I letting this affect me um everything is always working out for me just like like the last time I was anxious I got through it and everything was okay and we it was better than okay most of the time like at the on the other side of anxiety there's always to me always feels like this um like ray of sunshine and something has like better come from it if I'm able to accept that it's okay to be anxious and like you're it's okay that you're stressed out just feel the feeling and just let it move through your body and don't be ashamed that you feel that way don't be don't feel judged don't feel like you shouldn't feel anxious I just let it sort of just go through my body if it sounds strange and then I basically journal it through until I come for me I like to um, come to like a plan of action. So regardless of if I actually implement that plan of action, uh, which majority of the time I do, but um, even just writing down um, like five steps I'm going to take, like, okay, if this is, you know, I have 10 things on my list, I'm going to prioritize five of them. I'm going to write them in the order of priority and I'm going to start with number one. And regardless if I finish the list, to me that doesn't really affect um, my mindset. It's more just having that roadmap. So it's almost like it's not uncertain to me anymore. I'm like, okay, I need to do these five things. And now I have my roadmap and plan. And if something else pops up along the way, like we'll adjust and everything's going to be okay. And we're going to move through this. So that's one of the ways I do it. If I, if that doesn't work for me, um, I either dance, I put on music and I just (laughs) dance (laughs) and I just let it go. I just dance it out. That, uh, I haven't tried that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that would be or that would be a lie. I'm not going to say I've never danced on my own, but I, 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 <laughs> I am not a dancer. But I, th- I love hearing those kind of tips because they're not the traditional tips that you usually hear about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, like solitude is obviously important for you. Um, mm-hmm. It's highly important for me. I've come to realize, like I, I think I'm extroverted. But um, I know when, you know, about once a month, my stress levels will just go, I'm here like, fuck this. I don't know what, yeah. you know, like I'm here going like, what the fuck is going on? And yeah. it all kind of comes to a crashing halt. And I just I just want to fold all my cards and, you know, I, I have no perspective anymore. I'm just like, get, yeah. get me out of here. I, I'm just so sick and tired and exhausted of all this shit. Um, yeah. trying to figure out business, trying to balance life, trying to ba- balance relationships, uh, you know, because it because it requests an awful lot of energy, especially in the world uh, we live in today where, you know, social media, everything is so turned on all the time and you have to be on top of everything all the time. Um, and I have a mini meltdown at least once a month. Uh, Sharka would argue <laughs> I it. Sharka. I think I try and quit my business like at least like every about like four months I have a I'm gonna quit <laughs> breakdown and once a month I have like just like a meltdown 
<laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's crazy though, but I think we have to acknowledge that these kind of mini meltdowns are nearly a part of life. I mean, I hope to not have them as frequently later on, but they're certainly a part of what's going on. And, and for me, it's acceptance. You know, I'm just here going like, listen, I'm trying a lot of shit. I'm working my ass off. There's, you know, I, I have influence is all. I have no certainty. The only thing we can have is some influence uh, uh-huh. as to how our future is going to turn out. And I, I don't know. I think a, a human nature, we have a tendency to lose perspective and, and even lose a sense of gratitude, even though that's something I do do on a daily basis. And yeah i need to i need to just check out and you know take a walk or just take some time and just like be like i, I and i'm actually grateful for that level of stress because it's the one thing that just uh, it allows me to say you know fuck this i'm out and actually unplug my mind from everything that i'm trying to work on yeah um, it's almost like um like someone knocking on the door to your brain or and being like hey it's time to take a break like you need it like just get out and shut down (laughs) yeah and that's that's kind of my argument around like i i I don't consider myself an entrepreneur i think entrepreneurship is great i don't know Mm -hmm. how i define myself or what i do that's that's the one question that gives Mm -hmm. me anxiety but Mm -hmm. um you know the, the that one narrative that keeps coming back and i hear time and time again is like people talking about like you know, if you're not going to become an entrepreneur and, and take control, full control of your life and all of that, then you're never really going to be truly happy. And, yeah. you know, for certain personality types, that might be right. Um, I have a problem with authority that was obvious to me growing up. And I always had a feeling that, I, you know, I could only really be happy if I worked for myself, but there was a lot of opportunities that I went for when I was younger. Now, I didn't get them, but I do believe that if I did get them and if someone gave me that opportunity, I could, I could have thrived in that environment. Um, so I've accidentally stumbled upon this working for myself kind of stuff. And I do enjoy the challenge most of the time. Other times I'm pissed off going, you know, what, what's going on? What, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> what have I, I done? Yeah, I mean, I've seen that in, like, I know in my, like, heart and soul I'm made to be an entrepreneur, but I have a team member who actually recently, um, I was was kind of shocked because of, we had this really amazing conversation, and she shared with me how much she likes working for someone else. She gets so much joy over the success in our business, and I never felt that way to that extent for my clients at the time that I had um, specific clients or when I worked for a nine to five job, I always had this other desire to be an entrepreneur. But as I've gotten to, you know, I know so many entrepreneurs now, but I've also see this other personality type or this other person that is made and born to be the support and the implementer of the entrepreneur or of the of the corporation. We need those people. They're just as special as the entrepreneurs. So I don't think that someone is giving up their life or any less than if they're not consi- if they're not calling themselves an entrepreneur or don't feel the drive to be an entrepreneur or aren't an entrepreneur. 
we need those other people in the world and they're just as special and amazing in their own way. And I have lots of friends that are work nine to five back home and they love it. They thrive. They have such great work-life balance. They love not having the pressure of all the other stuff that comes with running a business and wearing multiple hats. They love just being so expertise in their one little area and their department and like all of the other things that come with being a part of a company. So yeah, I think we're both awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, I just I, I really want that to hit home because I think like people don't realize that the actual the stress and the anxiety and the depression, like you're four times more likely to experience all this if you become an entrepreneur. And if this is, you know, most people listening to that are really struggling with anxiety. A lot of it is work anxiety. Um, you know, maybe the answer isn't becoming an entrepreneur or setting up your own thing or trying to become an influencer on Instagram. A lot, you know, that shit is really hard. The internet is a really competitive place right now. I mean, every man and his dog is trying to make a, a company successful on it. So that environment that you're going into is, it will will chew a lot of people up and it'll really test your patience. It'll test your emotions and. There's another way, if you hate your job, you know, you can just change job and work for someone else that respects you and actually values human beings mm -hmm. and all you can bring to the company. And you can fucking shine in that role from totally, what I can yeah. see and like not have to deal with the shit. You know, leave your job at five o'clock and fully enjoy your weekends and never have to, th or rarely have to think about working on the weekends or any of the, any of the kind of headaches that come with it, which from my point of view isn't talked about. I know I'm a cynical, <laughs> I'm cynical, but from my point of view isn't talked about enough. And, uh, you know, I there is just isn't enough path. understanding. Yeah, I think mm. it's really asking yourself what you want. So at the end of the day, there's just so many people's opinions and so many books and articles out there on like what you should do and who you should be. And it's vice and it's in both arenas. It's both in the corporation arena and it's both in the, or the nine to five and the entrepreneur arena that one is better than the other, or that you need to be hit it. You need to be X, Y, Z to be considered successful. Like you need to define what success is for you. And that could be entrepreneurship or it could be working your nine to five or finding a company that, as you were saying, values that you feel valued at. So I feel like a lot of people are depressed or anxious in their roles because they don't feel valued, they don't feel challenged, they don't feel like they're contributing to something. And I feel like that is where entrepreneurs or CEOs of companies need to really really listen to the people that are doing the work for them and helping support in their thriving business. And I, I think that you just have to really figure out what you want and what is um, like what drives you and motivates you and go for that and just fuck the rest of the people telling you what to do. <laughs> I love that. That, that. That's really, really great advice. And, you know, just get out and do it. Figure out what's right for you uh, and move on. I mean, if you're working for a dick, your first move is to stop working for that dick. That's and, and that that's probably the greatest move you can make in your life. But that yeah, it's going to show mean, him that he needs to step up or he's going to lose valuable people. Yeah, uh, because obviously there's this like if someone's paying you, I mean, we see it time and time again, like, you know, mm -hmm. the grasp someone has over you who's paying your your salary. And mm -hmm. if more and more people start like standing up and saying, I quit, 
you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to work for a bully. I'm not going to work for some asshole who doesn't respect me or treats me right or just treats me like plain piece of dirt. Then the more those people, you know, they're not going to be successful. They're going to learn that they actually have to treat people with compassion and respect people in order to get their paycheck at the end of the day. And um, it's a hard one because people have such overwhelming fear and, you know, it's not easy mm-hmm. to go out and find a job these days. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. So when we when we were chatting the other day, we were talking a lot about social media and it was after yeah. I had did I did the, the 30 day Instagram challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had done something similar yourself, which is really interesting. So because you run a company that is heavily influenced by social media, correct? Yes. Yeah. Our, um, I did it on my personal account, but our social media is managed. I don't manage our social media. Um, but our, I think when it comes to social media, I think what we were talking about was for, I didn't do a challenge, but I, cause I'm dramatic like this. I just decided that I was going to stop posting on social media. And the reason I did that was I was um, about to board a plane to go to Austin. So I moved to Austin at the beginning of this year. And I went to board the plane, and I think ever since Instagram stories became a thing, I have posted without fail always my, like, a, a shot out the airplane window and, like, letting people know where I was going, like, in, to my next destination. Like, always. I was like, er- and for whatever reason, I went and I took the photo. I was sitting there in my seat, and I was like, I don't want people to know where I'm going, which is, silly because we have like our business like people knew I was going to Austin but my personal Instagram for whatever reason I was like I don't want people to know I only want only my close friends who I actually talk to on a regular basis are going to know where I am I'm not going to post on social I'm not going to post and then it was very freeing and anxious anxiety inducing at the same time about four or five days in I started thinking the thoughts that started coming in my head when I wasn't posting and I was doing all these things in Austin. I was um, really, really involved in a lot of activities and different things. And and I had a really, what I would feel like a really full life and a highlight real life. And I wanted to, what was coming up for me was like, I was in the moment, I was enjoying the moment. I wasn't trying to film it and that felt really good. But then after the fact, I was like, no one's going to know that I took a workshop on how to use power tools and build a shelf like no one's gonna know I did improv class and I was like everyone is gonna think I'm boring for some reason all of a sudden I was so fearful and anxious that like my 600 friends or whoever uh, follow me on Instagram which it was some are close friends and I'll get to like how I keep in touch with them but I was like they're gonna they're they're gonna think I'm boring and I was like this is and so I stopped and I was like, why? That is such a silly thought. I was like, why am I, why do I care? And if I, if I want to share what I'm doing with my close friends and I want them to be involved in my life, I can call them and tell them about my life. I can have a real conversation with them instead of a passive conversation with them on my personal social media. So that started coming up and then I was like, I'm not, I'm going to continue. I'm going to, I'm not going to post. I'm not going to post. And every time I did something, I thought about less and less about posting about it and more and more about being just being in the moment. Um, so that was really, really great. And on the other side of social media, 
Um, so I do do it, or we have it in our business. And for our Bucketless Bombshells social media, to me, it doesn't bring me that same, like, I don't want people knowing or I don't want to be seen on social media. I don't have those same things there because for me, our Bucketless Bombshells social media is a platform and an area for us as leaders to showcase our voice. And I think that it's a really positive thing when it's coming from that perspective. To me, my personal social media was much more about I want to get attention. I want to show the people in my life that I live this really cool life or I am not boring or that I do things, that whatever it is, all those stories, like really common stories that come up for most of us um, at some point in the social media journey, which I think is actually coming up. I've seen it more and more come up in the world as of recently of people feeling this like need to be perfect and show all of the like highlight reels and it's exhausting especially if you're having a terrible day and but you're posting that you're lounging by the pool with a margarita it's so inauthentic and uh, I don't feel that way with our platform that we have as Buckleless Bombshells because we are very intentional about being showing up and being authentic and being vulnerable and being leaders uh, in that community for the other women and basically saying you're not alone and we're going to show you the messy side. We're going to show you the awesome, fun, real life side as well that, that we, you know, have we do have this great full life and you can have it too. And then it's also like, but we are humans and we have bad days, we get sick, we get burnt out, we get anxious, and we're also gonna show you that too. So, and I sort of have these two different views on social media now because I went offline on my personal social media and because where I realized how intentional Cassie and I are about, um, and specifically Cassie is the one who runs them and she's super intentional about showing up um, on there for our community and making sure our community feels like we're sitting across the table having coffee with them just like it was when we started our business idea was we were sitting across the coffee table being real and answering like the tough shit that these that people wanted to know so that's my that's my thoughts on that and well okay (laughs) there's a lot lot we can dissect there but (laughs) I, i think like it's really interesting that when you kind of stop posting because you actually felt anxiety coming on mm-hmm. and it's weird because that's the kind of grip that social media has on so many. I mean, it is, you know, it's not an accident that these platforms are addictive. Yeah, uh, it's it's very purposeful. People are paid like highly intelligent psychologists are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to to kind of keep us hooked uh, mm-hmm. and to to create that addiction um, I mean it's crazy there was a book by Adam Adler I can't remember the name of it but he goes into it in great detail and and it's mind-blowing what they do um, you know those little red de- dots from you know every every little minor detail is taken into account um, just to keep you hooked so oh, yeah, and people get um, so much validation and self worth from likes and comments and shares and whatever else sorry, on the platform. Sec. I'm gonna have to just edit this. My mom keeps okay. trying to ring me, and YouTube just popped on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the psychology behind the addiction of social media. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy how addictive it is. So that's why. 
I think it's so interesting that, you know, when you actually try to step away from it and just decide it, you know, this is not something I want to be doing. It's not energy I want to be giving, be consumed by. And actually that created an anxiety in you when you when you started to give it up, which is yeah. kind of like, you know, addiction in itself. I still think about it. I really? still think about it. It's like as addiction, I do. I still think about it. I haven't posted since um, January 1st, I think was my, like I did a New Year's post. I haven't posted on Insta stories or Instagram. I've never really been big on Facebook anyway, so that's neither here nor there. It was the Instagram that was the addictive platform for me. And I sometimes still, I'm in Bali, and I went from Austin to Vancouver to, to, to Sydney to visit my sister, did a bunch of stuff in Sydney, and then came to Bali, and I was like, I didn't show that to anybody. Nobody knows. I still get like kind of anxious about like, why do I care that these people don't know what I'm doing? Yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. Um, and I know what you mean. I, I certainly like the, I battle with I, I'm not I'm not good on social media. I never have been. I used to like find it funny when it started out like 10 years ago on Facebook, just just writing things that I thought were funny. Um, mm -hmm. And like likes were a little bit more sparse back then. And, you know, you were really just communicating with your friends. And that's when, yeah. you, when you only had like 100 friends or something like that. Not yeah, like that. Not actual friends that you could potentially run into. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, obviously advertising took over and that, mm -hmm. that's fine. I understand that it's a business. Um, but everything just got out in hand because everybody's just trying to build a business. And then you're trying to you're looking for validation everywhere. I mean, we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're kind of being trained to seek validation externally all the time. And you see the the problem with this. I mean, like, you know, you're here in Bali, you just walk down to the beach and how many girls and guys are, do you see just like spending hours trying to get that shot? Yeah, yes, I've seen even um, my, in I've had Instagram or influencer friends and I've seen how long it takes to get a shot. And in some scenarios, I think that it's, their influencers are running their Instagram like a business and I respect that side of things completely when it comes to like running a business but if it's your out like if you, it's taking away from the moment and it's like in the end you're looking at that photo and judging it um, or posting it because you need the attention or if you don't get enough of the validation that just eats away at your you know your mindset and your opinion about yourself and that's what makes me really um, sad for those people that are posting all of these photos, selfies of themselves or by the beach or whatever it is. Yeah, and I get it as a business as well. I mean, like a lot of people make do very well out of it. But I just I just I think the fall from grace is going to be brutal for them. And I think a lot of them are actually like I, I've spoken with people um, you know, I, it's it's hard to know not know people with big platforms out here. Um, yeah. And I've spoken to to people with huge platforms and the anxiety, like they nearly they have to show up. You know, authenticity doesn't. You know, just because a lot of people are saying they're being authentic, it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean they're actually being authentic because because there's a stigma going on and, mm. and people are so overwhelming overwhelmingly fearful of actually 
saying, you know, admitting that this is this is fucking my mind up and I, I don't mm-hmm. really know how to handle it. I don't know how mm-hmm. to go back. I don't know how to manage it. Um, I've just got to keep getting more likes. I've got to keep getting more validation. I've got to keep getting more deals. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're seeing that for sure because of these say these challenges to go offline or I think um, I've come across a couple influencers um, that have posted I think it was on YouTube talking about the toll that it takes behind the scenes on them as as this whole kind of world of pretending to be authentic because they don't because they're still not the disconnect there is they're not being authentic they think they're being authentic or they're saying they're being authentic but at the end of the day if, if what you if you're not showing something, if you're showing something different than what is actually going on in your real life, there's a disconnect and there's that your brain does not like that. And that's what happens with this whole feeling uh, depressed and frustrated and that no one understands you or knows you and you get anxious over that. And I, I think that it's hitting a lot of Instagram influencers because we're right at that peak where it's been around for long enough that it's exhausting now. Yeah for sure like really really exhausting and it, it's definitely taking its toll and i think it's only starting i th- I, th- I think we're only at the the start of it like i think yeah. you know uh, there there's been a lot of influencers that have come out and like highly highly successful ones that are like international global influencer type ple- type people and they've mm-hmm. just kind of come out i remember there was this story in the media in australia about this girl and she was she was making a, a killing and she, you know, oh, I think I've read this one. Mm-hmm. And like she, you know, you look at her Instagram account and you think, you know, that that girl is not life nailed down. And then she just said, mm-hmm. oh, I just couldn't cope with the depression anymore. This is just bad for your health. And she actually just shut it all down, like, you know, threw away the key, gone in the cloud forever. Just said, you know, I'm out. I'm mm-hmm. not having anything more to do with this. Um, and it's crazy I think, because I actually think we're going to see more of that. And unfortunately, if we don't see more of that, we're probably going to see more people dealing with crippling anxiety because there's such competition to to always appear perfect. Um, mm-hmm. So let's kind of reverse a little bit. I think, it, I think it's really cool that you have the separate platform for yourself and what you've done on your own. But if we can just take it back to anxiety a little bit, you, you oh, spoke yeah. at the start, right? You said one of the biggest things for you is mindset. Mm-hmm. So can you just, because I think mindset is massively important. Um, and I think a lot of the avoidance work we do is, is kind of like we avoid the, the deep work and we'll go for the meditation and, and, you know, try eat healthier food. And all this is massively mm-hmm. important. But if you're not getting mm-hmm. to the core of the issue, if someone's had a mm-hmm. specific trauma, you mm-hmm. know, and they're just trying to eat healthy food or trying to do a load of yoga for, for that kind of like little bit of release, um, it's never going to solve the problem from, from what I can see in my experience anyway. So maybe you can talk to us a little bit about uh, mindset and how you've worked with that. 
Yeah, definitely. I think that what you're saying is spot on with trying to, when you need to find the root of where it's coming from. So you can definitely like eating healthy and has made a difference in my life. Um, but I would say I've never really focused that area of my life on anxiety. For me, anxiety has always been focused on, because to me, it's a mental thing. It's For me, it's happening. It feels like it's gripping, taking control. And I don't like that. It's something else you can control over me. I don't want to feel anxious, but I can't not feel anxious sometimes. And so for me, it's always coming back to what is the root cause of this. And sometimes it's a simple thing. You know, I, my to-do list is too, I mean, this is, it's not simple, but okay. My to-do list is so long. Okay. This is giving me anxiety or it's some other insecurity. And I work with a life coach and I coach with her on a weekly basis. And she really, cause I need that. Um, I need an outsider's perspective to really ask me those questions that uncover something that's deeper. So a lot of times anxieties I have found have led back to limiting beliefs or, or commonly referred to as insecurities. So not feeling good enough, um, is a big one for me. So I'm a, a bit of a perfectionist. I was raised in a household that was, it was perfectionism was definitely like the golden trophy. Um, if it wasn't an A, it needed, to, you know, if you got an A, it needed to be an A plus or oh, you always needed to be better. And mm -hmm. I was raised this way and it later in life came up massively when I first started having anxiety attacks. Um, in university was one of the first times I experienced an actual anxiety attack where I felt paralyzed and I felt like I couldn't breathe and I couldn't move and I just was crying on my bedroom floor and I called my mom and I was like I don't know what's happening to me like I think like I think I'm having like a stroke or something yeah. I mean I don't, don't know this. those are definitely not the symptoms of a stroke so don't worry people you're not having a stroke but I was freaking out my body felt like it was just shutting down and it had you know so the root cause of that was not feeling good enough because I was I happened to be failing a subject in University, I'd never failed a subject before. I was always um, top of my class. University kicked my ass. I don't feel like I was prepared for it. Uh, and I was definitely not getting what I needed to be getting to be able to get into the business program, which I, I was able to get into the business program. But at that time, it was that anxiety of not being good enough. I was going to lose my entire future. I was not going to have a career. You're like, you know, your monkey mind just starts coming up with all these crazy thoughts that are not true. Like if you sit down, so coming back to the mindset work, when you actually sit down and evaluate your thoughts, evaluate what are you saying in your mind? What are you telling yourself every single day? If you're sitting there at work and someone is not appreciating the work that you do and you're telling yourself like you, you suck, you're not good at math, um, if you keep telling yourself you're not good at math, you're never going to be good at math. If other, if you take on what other people are saying about you, then you're going to just keep repeating that to yourself and you're never going to be able to move past that limiting belief. So when you see, when you take a step back and try and look at your thoughts, which I think is what meditation is, is maybe forms of meditation is supposed to help you with. Um, for me, again, it's journaling. It's just stream of consciousness. What's in my head? 
what am I feeling? Okay, I'm feeling, I feel like a failure because I failed this stats class and I need this stats class to get into business school and I need business school to get a career and I need a career to have a husband and kids and I need a husband and kids to have a fulfilled life. And then I'm like, why? Then I go back and I question it all. I question every sentence I wrote down. Is it true? Why do I think this way? Um, is it actually true? Like I come back again, like can you, can you prove that this is true? Can you prove that if you do not get into business school that you will not have a career in business? Is that the truth? You don't know, you're not a psychic, you can't predict the future, you don't know that. Um, so that's, <laughs> I get real aggressive with, and on tangents sometimes about yeah, mindset no, work. Um, so that's where I, uh, where I'm having really bad anxiety attacks and I wanna figure out what it is that's going on. I just start writing out what's in my head and I ask questions. I ask, okay, if let's say worst case scenario, you don't graduate. What's the worst case scenario? Guess what? You're resourceful. You have good connections. You have so many other passions and you love to dance. What, why don't you, you, maybe you can join a dance school and become a professional dancer and find joy in that. There's always an alternative solution to what your brain is telling you you can't do. You're just limiting yourself. You can do that or something better, or this is happening for a reason to show you a route to something better. Um, so that's what I do when it comes to mindset. I really try and find what the root cause of it, and a lot of the times it's a common theme. So again, for me, it's not feeling good enough. So anytime I'm having a really bad anxiety attack, I usually look there first. I usually say, okay, am I comparing myself to someone which social media is <laughs> Social media, yo. Um, am I comparing myself to someone on social media? Am I comparing myself to someone in my world? Am I not feeling good enough because I made a mistake? Was like, what was the mistake? Was it detrimental? Like, no, nothing is detrimental. Like, we're not creating oxygen. We're not, you know, we're, we're here just trying to be our best selves and we're going to make mistakes because we're human. So for me, it comes back to the not good enough because um, I think partly about how I was raised and probably partly of my personality type when it comes to perfectionism. So my biggest piece of advice is to really try. And for me, I got a professional, like I have a professional coach who helps me uncover these things because it takes a lot of work. And I've been working with her for over a year now. Good for um, you. To really uncover that root cause and then figure out how to flip it on, flip it on its head and and see the opposite side of that and that's going to help you really release that limiting belief and it's probably going to take a long time it took me it's i still have this belief that i'm not good enough and i i work on it all the time so it can be like that and then there's other limiting beliefs that i have been able to release within like you know a few months or a few weeks to, if it's not that deeply rooted in there but a lot of the time or almost always my anxiety comes back to some limiting belief of that I'm placing on myself. No one else is placing this on me. I'm placing it on myself. Yeah. And on the flip side to that limiting belief that you're not good enough, which clearly isn't true, is that you, you, you know, you're a partner in a hugely successful business. Yeah, so you have to celebrate your wins. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, that, like, you know, I think there's always a message in anxiety and we have to listen to it and, 
you know, when it's talking to us, a lot of the times we're going to just like buy our own bullshit, but eventually it'll kick us in the ass so hard that we're going to have to do something about it. And I always argue like kind of like rock bottom is probably the best place you can you can hit because that's that's yeah. the day that you'll actually turn your life around and, and do something about it instead of kind of hovering around it like a, you know on a one to ten scale of a, a five say where you're kind of like in no man's land you know you it's not got bad enough for you actually do something about it but you're still miserable um mm-hmm. and you're sailing through life that perfectionism thing hits home with me and i like perfectionism is a bastard i mean mm-hmm. like and i I was not an all A student like you, but I've always been kind of crippled by that perfectionism. And I think, you know, even when I write articles and, sh- and stuff, you know, I, I, I always agonize over every word and every sentence mm-hmm. and the structure. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm really proud of the, the, the writing I put out. But sometimes I'm just like, you know, when you press send, you're here going, all right, what's the feedback in this going to be? What, mm-hmm. like, what am I going to hear? And I was mm-hmm. submitting an article to D the other day. Um, and there was, the, so it was like, usually the feedback's really great. So, and then like, it ca- kind of came back. Can you have another look over this and make some changes? And there were comments. And I was yeah. here going, oh, fuck, what a... <laughs> uh, and... Uh, and then I was here going, so I couldn't see the comments because I was downloading it on my phone and I'm here going, oh. right, wh- what's going on here? Like, w- <laughs> what's wrong with it? And, oh, they're on the, they're on the thing. And, you know, when, when you're communicating over text or whatever, they're, so I, I got home and I was downloading it and I'm here going like, well, that makes sense. But it was a breakdown in communication because I just made some jokes that were not translatable. Um, yeah. And in the end, like, I said, oh, no, it's just I get stressed out about this. And she said don't get stressed out it's only a blog <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah. like you know it was it was it was fucking great to hear because it was such a reminder like we build this shit yeah. up to have such importance in our head and it's also kind of like that fucking blog took me a long time <laughs> to write <laughs> but um yeah it's it's important to just kind of step away and realize like you know often there isn't lives at stakes here it's not really that big a deal the stuff we have a tendency to get caught up in and stepping away and just gaining that perspective um is so freeing and if you don't mm-hmm. it's the build up of stress over time that if you don't kind of step away from it that's when it just does horrible damage yeah yeah there are times i i it accumulates and i have like a blow a blow up and a breakdown and I have those less and less frequently um, because I've learned how to properly like take care of myself and recognize when I need that time and space to myself and communicating that to my loved ones in my life or the people closest to me in my life because um, before when I didn't really understand how to deal with the anxiety it was I would shut people out and people would I just I wouldn't let them get close or if I was having you know one of those days where I needed time to myself I didn't communicate this I just I just shut them out or I just did my own thing and it really they loved and cared about me so it it hurt them um, when I would do things like that and I didn't want to hurt them I all I had to say was hey I need time and space. Hey, I need to prioritize myself. Hey, I'm going to do this and put myself first. And they were super supportive of that as well. And so it's always, I've learned how to communicate better, which has also made me able to see when those, that anxiety is starting to creep up. So I'm not getting to these 
um, the, they're less and less frequent that I'm having these massive breakdowns. Um, yeah. yeah, that's great. And it's so important to not just kind of hold on to this all yourself and just let people know, you know, yeah. I'm just dealing with some shit. I need a bit of time, whatever works best for you. Uh, and take that time, whether it's a, you know, whether you have a sick day or whatnot, you're yeah. going to be able to do twice as much work the following day for it. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to really cripple you in the long run if you don't actually take care of yourself. So, yeah, thank you for all those like there's some really great tips in there and, and a great perspective oh just quickly to go back to so when you had that first panic attack yeah uh, what what was the like how would you describe a panic attack because it's different for everybody and okay. I, i'm really interested to hear this just yeah. to, just in terms of the understanding part so how what is it what's a panic attack like for you yeah, so um, I'll try and describe it. I know, like it's a tricky scene. one to describe. So I was in my room, and I was in my closet. I had just, I think earlier <laughs> that day, had been in school. I had like a walk-in closet. Okay. So I was in the closet. I like go in my I like small spaces when I'm feeling anxious. It's like weird, comforting to me. I like to shower in the dark or like be in a dark closet. <laughs> <laughs> Never shared oh. that with very, or I haven't shared that with very many people. So now it's here uh, on the uh, live. No bullshit anxiety exclusive. Great. So I had, so I'm pretty sure that it was that morning I had found out I had failed a certain class and I had also been trying to work full time. I had a health issue pop up. There was just, you know, it, it, everything accumulated and I had sort of found out all of these things um, within the short time frame of like a couple days. So I was in my closet and I was, it was first just feeling anxious. So it wasn't like a full on, it didn't just like hit me. So I was feeling anxious, feeling anxious. Okay, I'm going to go in my closet <laughs> 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 turn off the lights. This is before I really understood how to cope with it. So this is like the best I could do. So I turn off the lights. Okay. It's like, you're fine. Like it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. That sentence doesn't really ever work for me. I realized, but at the time it was like the first thing that I could go to. And I just kept feeling more and more anxious. And it just, I wasn't able to control that like pressure on my chest. My chest was like tightening up. I like lost my voice and I started to basically um, become paralyzed. I literally felt paralyzed. I felt like I couldn't move. I fell to the floor and I just like couldn't move and I started crying and hyperventilating and it was really hard to breathe and that's when I thought some other I was like oh my gosh I'm like going into shock of something I didn't really understand what was going on and I was I didn't know if it would end and luckily I had my phone in there at the time and I called my mom because my mom deals with um, or has anxiety and depression and um, she's always supported me through those moments in my life and so I was able to somehow so I guess I wasn't like truly paralyzed so I was able I got to move like my hand or pick up my phone um and I and and call her and so she basically just talked me down and um it took about like a half an hour for me to stop like to breathe properly um 
and to really be able to take like a deep breath and to feel like my muscles are basically all, I think the paralysis was more like my muscles were just so tense that like it felt like moving through quicksand or move like that I had like this huge weight on my chest and that I was just being like mm. suffocated. And so she was able to sort of talk me through it. And I don't really remember exactly what she had said. Um, I'm sure she just was like lots of calming, supportive words and, and whatever that was. And I was able to sort of get my breath back. And, and after that, um, just like do basically I shut down, I shut off every contact the rest of the day. Uh, massages for me are like my, um, self soothing thing or like my special, my treat for myself. So I went and got a massage and I just, I tried as hard as possible just to like create a really blank space in my head. I mean, it's easier said than done, but I just was at that breaking point of, I literally was so had never experienced that before that I was somehow able to take that and just shut my brain off for one of like the few times that I've ever been able to do that. Yeah. Thanks. Thank that. That's great. Um, and like in my experience, I don't know it like it, once a panic attack starts, I don't think you have much control. I, I think it's like you are pretty much paralyzed and at the mercy of of that panic in that situation. Like when you're anxious, I think you can control the likelihood and reduce the likelihood of a panic attack happen, happening. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure there's deep breathing and stuff that can kind of help the, the panic attack pass over mm. quickly. But in my experience, you know, it, when panic attacks, I, I just need to get the fuck out of wherever I am. Like, yeah, unless I'm in a closet, show. I need to get oh into a God. closet. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, thankfully, I don't know what I would have done in public. <laughs> yeah, I like I've had them in public before and I just I need to get out of there and I need to get out of there fast. And yeah, and like, you know, it's I'm walking is nearly impossible as well because you. Like, yeah. I can't tell you how many strokes I've had in my life or like times I, I thought I'm having a stroke, how oh, many heart attacks, how many times I've gone to the doctor to have an ECG and um, all sorts of things. And I just like, like as I became more astute, is that the word? Anyway, as mm -hmm. I became more like aware of what was going on, you know, I haven't had a panic attack oh, in probably five years now, touch wood. I'll, oh, pro yeah, I I'll probably have one tomorrow. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's been, I stopped having them um, after I started seeing a counselor in university. So, um, so that was, that was probably about seven, I want to say seven years ago now. Yeah, um, that's amazing. And I can remember my last one. I remember I tried to bring a friend be just, just, mm. just to have that, I was out for a run. And this was actually mm. in Vancouver going around the seawall. And like, ah. I was, life was really tough at that stage as well. Um, just trying to trying to get settled in a new city and trying to get a job and all this kind of stuff. I don't think I was employed at the at the moment or I was in some shitty job trying to to get a decent job. And then um, I was I was running on the seawall and I would always like, you know, running was just like you're trying to do exercise. But at the same time, you're here going, uh, you know, I feel like I, I'm having a heart attack going out in this run. Is running really the best idea for me? And then, you know, I just I just had a panic attack and I was ringing one of my best mates and I was there going, 
Davey, I'm fucked. And like, I, I knew I wasn't dying. I knew I was having a panic yeah. attack, but I was here just, you know, just, I don't know, talk to me a second. Like, and I was, it was cool to have that kind of, um, uh, especially a lad, Fred, that you that you can confide in and just say, yeah. this is going on. And then like, basically I just like, it basically was just a distraction. So no one would like come up to me or anything like that. I just wanted like, that kind of like solitude i wasn't listening to a word he said i was just trying to like it was like a fight for my life to get back to the apartment and when i got back to the apartment i just lay down on the couch uh probably just didn't do anything for about 10 15 minutes and then just kind of put on tv and just chilled out um and that's that 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 i find is the best way to deal with a panic attack just don't beat yourself up for days and weeks and months afterwards otherwise mm-hmm. they're just going to keep coming fast and thick Mm-hmm. all right we have been speaking for jesus nearly an hour so we should uh, <laughs> wrap this up i want to thank you so much for coming on um it's been amazing talking to you and just like listening to your story and, and how you've managed it and and all the great tips that you've provided it, it you know it's been wonderful so just to, to kind of wrap up and i know that you've kind of said a lot of this so this might be a bit of repetition but what are yes. the three biggest tips you would give to someone who's really struggling with anxiety in their life right now whether they've been mm-hmm. you know they've just started getting panic attacks or they've been dealing with acute anxiety for like 5 10 15 years whatever mm-hmm yeah so the anxiety attack specifically the 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 main thing that helped me was there there was getting professional help but i don't recommend getting professional help where they can prescribe you drugs because i am a very holistic person so i go more of the life coach route or the mindset coach route or counselor route to that's what really was able to um start my journey on discovering the why behind my anxiety so that really deep rooted not feeling good enough was my journey started there about um that would have been like seven or eight years ago to uncovering that so that it took a while to get where i am now but my first suggestion is to seek some counseling or um, some unbiased opinion. I think it's really important to have friends and family around you that support you, um, but having someone who is an outsider professional um, who can, has, can give you tools and resources and actionable advice is super, super beneficial and I think super important um, if you're having severe anxiety attacks. For the more daily anxiousness or the anxiousness on more of like a weekly or monthly basis, which I make it sound small, but I understand how like crippling that can be. Um, I think that that is to really, it's still to find the root cause, but you can do things like when you are feeling anxious, just start stream of consciousness journaling and then start questioning everything you're writing down. Is it true? Like, can you prove that it's true? has someone said this to you that's making you feel this way? Do you tell yourself this on a regular basis? And then the third thing would be to flip all of those on their head and start repeating. Uh, people call them mantras. So start repeating sentences in your head to change the story, to cha- make a new story. So for me, you know, I use a lot of mantras that surround um, I'm perfectly imperfect. I'm good enough. I am worthy of all of my desires. I am worthy of... of having a very calm and peaceful life um, or I always feel 
or, or everything is always working out for me. That's a big one that really helps with my anxiety. And you repeat these sentences over and over in your head. And this for me really reduces, it gives me a distraction. And it also is starting to create new brain patterns uh, in new patterns in your brain um, to override those other limiting beliefs that you've been telling yourself. Because I can almost guarantee that your anxiety is coming from at least three to five really deep limiting beliefs that you either taught as a child, and this is why I think having a counselor or a life coach is really, really helpful to uncover those, mm-hmm. or it's something that um, from, you know, throughout your years in, in high school or university or something, you're, you're saying something to yourself over and over again that's holding you back and, and making you feel anxious. Yeah, absolutely. Those, Thank you so Those much. Those are my long-winded tips. <laughs> well, they're great tips. And I mean, you know, I would say like probably 85% of people dealing with this, it stems from childhood. Um, and maybe the remaining, I don't know the exact numbers, and maybe the, mm-hmm. the, our, everything else is related to specific traumas that happen later yes. on in life. Yeah. And th- that repetition is, is massive because... You know, Bruce Lipton talks about this in the, the biology of belief, but like you have to repeat, repeat the story, the new story. If mm-hmm. you want to rewrite a story, you got to keep telling yourself it. You, you got to penetrate the subconscious mind because we all understand this on a conscious level. But until it, you kind of get it through to your subconscious mind, then, you know, that's that that's the one with the, the gear stick, if you will. And, and that's the one controlling everything. So the way to do that is through repetition. So, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for joining. And, you know, obviously you, you probably don't want to give out your personal Instagram, but <laughs> a, a, any, any uh, girls or ladies that are listening to this and, and thinking about, you know, going remote or just picking up some really great skills um, and that might be interested in the, the, the bucket list bombshells um, or wanting to, to kind of move into that space, um where where can they find more information yeah the best place is i'll give you our social media because i do feel that we are very authentic in that and we have no we are always showing up on that platform and we're always um love hearing from you guys so at bucket list bombshells on instagram and then our website that's where you're going to find blog posts and other information so that's www.bucketlist bombshells.com and you can find all that in the show notes below shay thank you so much thank you so much for having me and we are done you made it to the end i want to thank you for listening uh, if you like what you're hearing and you would you know obviously it's great if you subscribe if you want to leave a review it's greatly appreciated If you have a friend that you feel would benefit from this or would enjoy listening, please do consider sharing it with them. If you are struggling with anxiety, I would encourage you to check out the Free Your Mind from Anxiety program or if you're interested in some one-on-one coaching, just go to www.nickycullen.com forward slash anxiety dash course. I'll leave the the link in the show notes and you know I have a few programs there but I don't work with anyone without having a consultation first so you know that's to eliminate the risk make sure you're the right fit uh, you can go over to that page as I said there's a hundred dollars off solution B this month 
Um, and if you want to book a conversation in, you can do that today. You can also check out reviews from other people who've taken the course and been very satisfied with the results. And that's all I have to say. Thanks again for listening. See ya.